Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Joe Zimmel and Valerie Friedman. All right, let me set the stage, which needs to be set in several different ways. As we have been doing on Mondays of late, we decided to have no guests booked today so that you and I could have a conversation. That's number one. Number two, when I do these shows, I have almost no notes for them because there's no point. But to the extent that I do have notes for them, I just accidentally clicked an update button on my iPad. And so I probably won't be getting those notes back to like the next 20 minutes while the iPad updates. But it doesn't really matter because the notes don't say anything. So that's fine, too. And then the other thing, you might have already noticed this right now. So I've been on a journey, a personal journey that involves me and uh, several people who work in the oral healthcare phys- uh, phys- uh, profession, including an endodontist. That's where I've been spending more of my time these days is with my endodontist. And so this morning I had a 9.15 appointment with my endodontist, and I was fairly co- confident that whatever anesthetic he gave me would be completely out of my system by one. But that turns out to be not, <laughs> that turns out to be not 100% true. So you may notice a little kind of Ronnie Howard, you know, the Wells Fargo wagon is the common down. It could be a little bit of that happening from time to time. Just bear with me. It's the F's. The F's are the thing that I don't have. Or I have them, but not in a way that does me credit. Anyway, so <laughs> as if I didn't have enough disadvantages. But let me just go back to the endodontist because this is a good place to make the point I want to begin with, which is when I go to the endodontist or the dentist, um, what I do is I have cordless headphones uh, and I put them in and I listen to a podcast or a book on tape uh, while they're working on me. And so today, because of how I'm feeling, I decided that I, I often would listen to, say, a podcast like Trumpcast, which is uh, done through the Slate Company, and it's Jacob Weisberg and Virginia Heffernan, and is entirely focused on the wrongdoings and gettings up to of the Trump administration. And I'm quite fond of that podcast, and I listen to it pretty religiously. Or Pod Save America, that's the John Lovett, John Favreau, Tommy Veter podcast, uh, also a political podcast, also directed mainly at exposing the wrongdoings of the Trump administration. Or I might listen to Lawfare, which is a little bit calmer, a little bit more scholarly geeky, but also really good at explaining some fine legal points that come up around the Mueller investigation or whatever. I mean, I'm, 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 there's other ones, too. The point is I, did, I had decided not to listen to anything like that um, because I'm making an effort to spend less time doing that for reasons that I will explain in just a second. So uh, one thing that I've been doing when I want to get away from Trump news is if you listen to news or any kind of podcast that is not produced in this country. So Start the Week is a favorite of mine. It's on BBC Four. And there people get into, like this weekend, I was listening to a rather pitched argument uh, between uh, Edith Hall, uh, who is a, a classicist and an expert in Aristotle, and John Gray, 
who's written a book about um, athe- different kinds of atheism, and he's kind of an expert in John Stuart Mill. And they're like really going at it about over free will. And I'm thinking, this is the kind of argument I can listen to. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's it sort of has an overarching up out of the muck quality to it. Um, but what I happen to have already queued up on my on my phone was a podcast by Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner's a very funny British comedian, very erudite, but also slapsticky, pun wielding. It's uh, not slapsticky, but pun wielding, occasionally kind of corny, but also kind of occasionally quite brilliant comedian. And he does this show where he sits there with two Confederates and they just talk about whatever they talk about. And so I just kept it there because, as I say, I didn't want to listen to anything about Trump. The problem is the show is very funny and you don't want to be shaking with laughter or really moving at all when people have incredibly complicated endodontist equipment inside your mouth. So a couple of times I was really, you know, fighting off, like Frank would say something really funny and I would be fighting off my, my, my reaction to it. All right, so why was I making that particular decision? Now we are coming to the point of this show. Uh, I'm, first of all, as I say, no guest. It'll be you calling in. But let me tell you what I want you to call in and discuss with me. I feel as though I'm swinging around to a little bit the argument made by everybody from Nicholas Kristof in this uh, Sunday's New York Times to Michelle Wolf in her comedy routine last week where she was talking about, you know, you People in the press, you say that you hate Trump, but did you used to date him because you seem kind of obsessed with him? Um, I've come to the view that, of course, we are living through unprecedented and perilous times. And and I'm not advocating at all sticking our heads in the sand or or my sticking my own head in the in the the sand. Uh, I think there's we have to be vigilant. We have to be aware of what's happening. But I do feel as though it has crept into a kind of obsession that saturates too much of my thought life, too much of my conversation life. I feel as though I've been to too many social gatherings where the talk turned to Trump very quickly and then just wouldn't turn away from it. And, and I'm, I'm thinking back to the first show that we did after the 2016 election. Um, by the way, the number here is 860-275-7266. 860-275-7266. You can call up and um, I think you can kind of see where I'm going here. Um, if you want to uh, just comment on how funny my speech sounds, uh, please tweet that instead, all right, uh, at WNPR Collins. So you can tweet about anything you want, but if you want to tweet specifically about the fact that I sound funny because the Novocaine hasn't worn off, I would like you to do that as a tweet, as opposed to a phone call. Unless you have a very funny observation. <laughs> if you have a very funny and entertaining observation about what's wrong with my speech pattern right now, then you can call 860-275-7266. But I, I'm trying to kind of you know keep these things separate a little bit. Okay, where was I? Okay, so right after the election, uh, Azar Nafisi, the wonderful Iranian writer, was on the show. And... She said on that day, it was the Wednesday after the election, she said, the best way to resist authoritarianism is to become more completely your own self, which I thought was an incredibly profound statement. And I, I, I judged it to mean that whoever it is that you are and whatever your passions are, make them even fuller, make, extend them out even further into the very edges of your being and your skin, you know, and whether it's gardening or poetry or you make music or you make something else or you love something else, 
you know, everything that you do. Live your life really, really fully. And that's the way that you prepare yourself to deal with an autocrat. Um, I thought it was really, really a brilliant statement. I think I completely failed to heed it. And I became the other kind of person, the person who gets obsessed by stuff. And I found myself speaking of podcasts. There have been days where something major seems to be happening, say in the Mueller investigation or with Michael Cohen or you know somebody's offices get raided or there's a Paul Manafort thing. And I have found myself engaging in the behavior of an addict, specifically uh, rifling through the podcast queue on my phone, wanting a fix. Gore Vidal during Watergate talked about, he, he said, uh, I think on the DeCavit show, I need my daily Watergate fix. And I, I found myself needing not only just a fix, but kind of the really good stuff, the strong stuff. So I actually specifically remember when um, Mueller indicted the 13 Russian nationals. Um, I really wanted to know. I wanted some analysis of the indictments and stuff like that. And I was I was just rifling through all the podcasts and getting furious that nobody had dropped a podcast, you know, in the last 12 hours. Uh, you know, 538, where are you? Pod Save America, Lawfare. Come on, give me something right now. I need it right now. I need to hear analysis. And that's that's addictive behavior. And so what what I'm kind of suggesting is that maybe we're living too much or allow, or allow if we allow our entire existence to be refracted through the crazy prism of Donald Trump and his malevolence that we start losing track of who we really are. And I'm not suggesting, as I said, sticking our head in the sands about Donald Trump. I think that would be a bad idea. But I do think there's a kind of balance that some of us are failing to achieve, that it's just this thing that runs through our conversation all the time. We try on this show to, you know, um, we've done a lot of shows that were about Donald Trump, and we've done shows that we thought, thought were triggered by certain things about Donald Trump. And sometimes, like last week, we did two shows that were just rhetorically triggered by Donald Trump. We did a show about actual swamps because he's always talking about drain the swamp as though swamps were bad things that needed to be drained. So it wasn't really a show about Trump, but we probably wouldn't have done the show if he hadn't kept saying that thing. Um, we also did a show about asylums because at one point he suggested after Parkland that what we really need to do is lock up more mentally ill people in asylums. So we took that idea and explored it. Um, but by and large, I think on this show, we try to give you a pretty diverse diet. I mean, as I look ahead to the week that we have coming up, there's really nothing that would have anything to do with Donald Trump on the horizon. Um, and I find in terms of the media diet that I'm consuming, I have to make a little bit of an effort. Like I have to pick Frank Skinner instead of Trumpcast when I'm lying in the endodontist chair. But that it's a good idea to keep all those other parts of myself alive. I think we might be getting obsessed in a way that, however valid it might feel, uh, I think it's probably not that good for us. And I certainly include myself in this indictment, if that's what it is. By the way, has there been an indictment today? No, just kidding. Um, all right, so 860-275-7266. That's the number to call if you want to get on the air. I see some people ready to go. And uh, if you want to make fun of how I'm talking, I would prefer that you use at WNPR Colin on the Twitters. 
<laughs> I'm already tired of how I talk, and we're only 17 minutes into the show. All right, I think, what, who, who do we have here? We have Bill here, all right? We're going to talk to Bill. Hi, Bill, you're on the air. Hi, Colin. Uh, my one-liner is, I know exactly what you mean, so I just go fishing a lot. Yeah. But the problem is that while I'm driving from, say, dropping my daughter off to go fishing, mm-hmm. sneak a little fishing in, Yeah. Uh, the Colin McEnroe show comes on, or the, or one of you show up, and so I'm sucked into the abyss. But the thing is, I worry about you a little bit because you're frankly one of my all-time favorite radio people. Um, and uh, don't get a big head, okay? But you're you are so worried about Trump, and sometimes I'm completely understanding why you're worried. Like I also am worried. But then I'm also sometimes worried about you, which is an odd thing. I grew up in Philadelphia, so I know a lot more about Trump than most people. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why it's infuriating that he got elected, because like we all knew he's just an, not suitable, right? But on the other hand, there's a lot of moving parts that he doesn't directly affect. And so, so there's a dynamic here. It's almost like... We the fact that I worry about you, I think, is sort of a meta thing that matters. If you know what I mean, I don't know. Well, I'm totally in favor of people worrying about me. Although I notice you've never taken me fishing. I mean, that might be really good for me to go fishing. There you go. Yeah. What kind of fish do you attempt to catch? Well, a lot of fish, but trout, of course, because yeah. I grew up fishing trout. But mm. um, my horizons have been open, so I've discovered, you know, striped bass with a fly rod, and and you know, when I've caught sunfish, which seems silly, pickerel, right. and everything. Boy, it fact, sounds... I've misidentified my location multiple times on this show as Farm River, Connecticut, or Muddy River, Connecticut, yeah. or, you know, and you guys take it. You take the bait. It's awesome. All right. So like fish, take the bait. I see what you did there. Exactly. And yeah. you take the bait. You take the Trump bait. We and sometimes I worry about you getting a hook in your mouth. Right. But then I make her just zooming away with the hook in my mouth. And yeah. yanking the rod out of the hands of that's right, getting it locked of Jared Kushner in the corner of your mouth. You know, it's a right. very complicated metaphor. You don't get gut hooked. Don't get gut hooked. All right. I think maybe that's the thing. You're not letting yourself get gut hooked yeah. by playing that pushback. You right. know, I'm going to go look at something else now. Yeah, it's probably healthy, right? That's I hope my so. Fishing. That's what I hope so. I hope so. Well, yeah. definitely take me. I, I'm, you know, I, I'll go fishing. Although I am, I can't put the worm on the hook. It's just too upsetting. Okay, uh, I'll make you fly fish instead. <laughs> all right. I don't want to catch flies. Uh, all right. So I like the way that he says he's discovered striped bass. I'm sure the striped bass are really excited about that. Hey, Bill found out about us. My brother's dead now. Um, but no, you can't think about it that right way, right? Okay. Here's a Sioux in Oxford on the shores, the gentle shores of Lake Zor. Uh, <laughs> I hope you're not, I you're not fishing in Lake Zor, are you? No, but I'm like five minutes from the dam. Yeah. So that's, that's odd that you said that, but that's cool. Betsy Kaplan goes to that dam all the time. Yeah, we used to we used to have a boat. We used to go down there and hang out, but I don't go down there anymore. It's just, it's too crazy. Yeah. Too many boats. Anyway, um, I was listening to your comments on Trump on the way down here, and uh, I was just talking to a colleague of mine about the same situation. And in my household, we have a little bit of a divided opinion on Trump. My son is pro-Trump. Um, he's in the military, you know, and he's very much of a patriotic 
devoted soldier. And my daughter is anti-Trump, and she's also in the military, and she's very supportive of not having him in office. And my husband, you know, he, he voted for him, but he's still on the fence. But it's caused a division within our own household when conversation comes up. Mm-hmm. And I'm always, I'm the person who wants to know, like you said, you want to know what's going on. You want to keep, you know, keep in tune to what's happening in our country. At the same time, it's just like doom and gloom. And they're all focused on Trump. And in my work industry, I work in the alternative field. I own a wellness center in Woodbury. So, uh, you know, getting it from the naturopathic, the alternative healing, you're more energy intuitive. Yeah, a little Reiki maybe? Well, yeah, it even goes beyond that. So beyond, what, what, is beyond, what is beyond Reiki? So it, it's, uh, Reiki has been a very common practice now that people right. get into. It's, it's a light worker type of uh, thing when yeah. you work in tune with the energy. Yeah. Um, the people that I work with tend to be a little bit more, I don't know, on a higher level of consciousness beyond Reiki and have done this most of their lives. So um, it's easy to get trained in Reiki. Anybody can do it. Yeah. Um, it does take some time to become master skill. Right. You but, just don't want it like some guys on the street corner offering Reiki. You don't want to do that. No. No, you no. want you want somebody. But so what is there a name for the thing that's beyond Reiki that's the higher consciousness thing? So um, they use different names. Yeah. But there's also, um, you know, in science, there's also this energy, too. It's like this, this thing we have called scalar, which is developed in Tesla um, right. technology. And that has to do with energy and resetting your your field so it takes and um you have millivolts in your body and it uses a certain amount of millivolts to maintain good health so our system re- um, goes back and resets those millivolts so that's an energy type of energy See, I, f- I feel like i want the thing that you're talking about right now but i don't i don't even know how to ask for it because yeah, i do think I, my meridians are screwed up in my chi my yeah. chi is whack my oh, yeah. chi is whack it is because of what you're absorbing. Yes, that's one of the reasons why. So here we are. Help me. Back, back to the back to the, the back to come full circle. What yeah. we're talking about. The energy out there is very dense. Right. And and people are just Trump, 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 Trump. Yeah. So when you're focusing on negative, you create negativity. Hmm. Now you're feeding into that into the universe, and now you're giving Trump power. Right, right. right. So that, when, that, that, is my, that is actually the point that I am trying to make. Yeah, you're giving him power because that's what he wants. He likes to be out front center stage. We know he lies through his teeth all the time and there's nothing we can do. It's just his nature. But he's in a very dangerous, you know, position yeah. to do that. Right. So what you were saying, though, about being true to yourself and taking a look at what you are, how you contribute to the community as an individual, go back to that. You know, look in your own backyard and say, how can I make this better for my world? And I have to, uh, you know, I myself have to balance that out because, like I said, I have a divided family. Yes, you do. But we always go back and we just get grounded again and say, you know, this is where I'm good. This is how I can contribute. This is what I can do today to keep myself in a positive mindset because influence, either negative or positive, has an effect on your day-to-day life. But I feel, Sue, as though this is the phone call that could have changed my life and changed my day, but I still don't, because I want I want the thing that you're talking about, the higher consciousness stuff. I don't want to be messing you're around with, with Reiki anymore. Reiki's for sissies. I want something bigger than Reiki. So, so yeah, what is it? Call, you know, I own Salt of the Earth Spa, and we do, we have two locations, and we're now getting into 
different types of meditation programs, and I have experts in the field that work with people who um, are dealing with drug addiction, anxiety, PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, I, de- I have people that deal with, um, there's another thing called advanced theta healing. Advanced what kind of healing? Th- theta or beta? T-H-E-T-A. Theta, theta. Okay, I got it. And what that does is that it's another form of energy work, but it gets into the mind. So when you have trauma mm. or you have um, a crisis that occurs in your life that impacts you physically or mentally, mm-hmm. those residuals stay in the body. Exactly. And then they come out in the way of stress-induced um, symptoms. Um, you may, you know, your blood pressure may change. You may... You know, suddenly right. develop, which is what happened to hey, us. Hey, this isn't Scientology, though, is it? Because I no. know they do with Thetans theta, no. and stuff like that. Well, no, listen, no. Sue, it has been great to talk to you. You may have yeah. saved my life. On the other hand, it could be that Bill the Fisherman is right, and I'm just going under. I'm like a fish gasping on a dock, and I'm really not going to make it. Um, so <laughs> we've had two calls here, uh, and... I feel like I'm at a crossroads, and when I'm at a crossroads, I want to take a break. Are you ready to take a break in there? Everybody ready? There's like four people in the control room because we have. Are we learning a new system or something? Yeah, here We have a lot of people working on this show today. Uh, Kion Wolf is usually running the board, but right now Carmen Vascoff is running the board. She's one of the producers of Where We Live. But there's something, there's new things with the board. People have to learn them. And then Gina Matruda is pacing back and forth behind the two of them. And I don't really know if that counts as working on the show, because mainly what he's doing is walking back and forth kind of nervously. Uh, and then uh, Carlos Mejia uh, is in the, the, he's tweeting at WNPR Colin. I think that's what Carlos is doing right now. And Betsy Kaplan, who's producing this show, is answering the phones. So we have a lot of people working on the show today. And I was thinking about, so our number is 860-275-7266. Mary, get ready. I'm coming to you next, Mary. Um, when, when Trump was first elected, we, as a show, focused on him a lot. And it was kind of as though it was Christmas and we'd been given this really interesting new toy. But unfortunately, it was Chucky. Um, but, you know, if somebody gives you Chucky as a, as a toy, you're not going to take your eyes off Chucky at first, right? You're not, I mean, you're not going to, you're going to want to know where Chucky is all the time and what Chucky is doing so that Chucky doesn't, you know, drive a five-inch nail into your head while you're not paying attention. So that's sort of the way that we reacted to it. We really did a lot of shows about Trump and the Trump era because we had a new toy. It was Chucky. We were afraid of it. Um, recently, we, don't, we haven't done that as much. We don't do as many shows about this. And I'm finding, in terms of the media that I want to consume, I want to be up to date on all this stuff, and I'm kind of addicted to new developments. But like even this weekend, I was just looking at all this stuff and thinking, no, it's too much with us. You know, you need to you need to be looking at other things and thinking. You just can't care about what Rudy Giuliani says every 15 minutes. I've tried, and it's an empty experience. And so I'm sort of putting that question out to you. How do you how do you make the division between you don't want to not pay attention to stuff that's vitally important, but you also don't want to like swim in it 24-7. Uh, and I think that's one of the struggles that we're having right now. Here's Mary from East Hartford. Hi, Mary. You're on the air. Hi, Colin. 
I just, this is my first call ever to WNPR, but I listen all the time. And I just wanted to say, when you talked about this, I had to call in because I recently um, came to the same conclusion. And I remember even you were talking about the first 100 days or so when everything was about Trump, (laughs) every program pretty much. And I remember I got so addicted to that that towards the end of the 100 days, I I had to stop listening because my mental health was going out the window. I mean, it's very depressing, very, very depressing. And, you know, aside from what your other caller said about putting out this negative energy, which is exactly what he wants, you know, he loves that stuff. And it's like I started feeling like a pawn in his game, you know, and then there was a lot of talk. I heard something else where they were talking about, um, you know, we're so polarized and, you know, you hate Trump, you love Trump. And I realized, I mean, I do seriously dislike him and would love to see him out soon. Um, he's, I think he's ruining our, con- you know, all the good things in our country, but that's all them said. Um, so I guess we know it. And those of us who listen, there are points that can be made without involving him. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Well, yeah, uh, so for example, still, NPR uh, yeah. carries a lot of good, good, you know, stuff that if you're a thinking, breathing person, you're going to make a connection. Oh, this isn't Trump. <laughs> um, but you don't have to talk about him all the time. Right. So, for example, Laura Sullivan has been doing this amazing reporting about Puerto Rico um, and the problems mm-hmm. of Puerto Rico and the failure, failure to solve the problems of Puerto Rico are not a completely Trump free topic, but they do exist in their own sphere. And you can talk about them without having to dwell on the Trump part of it. And there they are things that you know, when you hear these reports, you really want to see something done. I mean, this is just so crazy. Oh, absolutely. Millions yeah. of Americans, you know, can't have their power restored from a storm that hit last fall. That's, yep. you know, so. So, yes. Well, I, I think you sound pretty chill right now. You know, are you you feel well, like you're good? You've, you I, know, I haven't been. I'm doing what you've tr- you're yeah, trying to do, which I, is when the beeps come in from my news stuff on my phone. Uh, I used to live for each next one. I I just so related to what you said. Push notifications. I've stopped doing that. I just leave it my phone in another room. It's there, but I don't come to it every minute because it's crazy. It is addiction. And I really want to applaud you for your courage to talk about that, Um, you know, because it's a whole nother realm. My name is Colin and I'm a Trump addict. You know, those push notifications go right into your chakras too. I actually do think that that push notifications. I'm a big McLuhanist and a big believer in the way media shapes our minds and bodies. And um, I think push notifications and the age of Trump have kind of gone together. And we've allowed push notifications. Those of us who have phones that do push notifications, um, they have kind of almost become part of our endocrine system. You know, it's like glandular stuff that just kind of rushes into our bodies. Uh, And so push notifications, they're bad. They're bad. I mean, they don't have to be bad if they were about about other things, you know. If they were like – if you got push notifications saying they just discovered this new kind of squirrel and it's really cute. But the push notifications hardly ever say that, right? (laughs) 
they usually say. It turns out that, you know, Michael Cohn was also representing Lex Luthor or, you know, whatever. Anyway, uh, where am I going next? Going to Hunter, right? Um, you can call in at, eight, uh, I think so, 860-275-7266. Or you may tweet us. You may tweet us at WNPR, Colin. And and let me know how I'm doing with the with the talking thing because I'm I'm working manfully at this, but I do have I think still a rather large amount of lidocaine in the right side of my face. Okay, so uh, here's Hunter, and Hunter, you're on the air. Oh, thanks, Colin, so much. And by the way, your F's sound fabulous. Um, but I, yeah. I can't say fabulous. See how yeah, that's what happens. It's fabulous. So, um, you know, you're absolutely on the right track. Uh, your previous caller took the words out of my mouth. Applaud you to identify that, that you're identifying this is, is nothing more than an addiction. And I definitely am, am a sufferer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I notice that the media is, you know, often overwhelmingly filled with the shenanigans of Mr. Trump. And, you know, and I'm not a fan um, but I nonetheless check in with, say, the New York Times.com, you know, five, six, seven times a day. Mm-hmm. What's going on, you know? And, uh, and the fact is that while what he is trying to do, and I emphasize that word trying, what he's trying to do is not good for the country. But, you know, the fact, I think, uh, is that regardless of where this investigation goes, this idea of an impeachment, because it's so, such a political process, not a legal process, don't really think it's going to happen. Uh, and if it did, it would probably be pretty damaging to the, you know, the institution of the office of the presidency. And on the other side, the good news is that Congress and Trump, they're not getting anything done. So I guess what that means is, the way I'm looking at it is, over the next two years, all this stuff is going to pass, and we just, we just all need to, like, chill out. You know, don't look at the newspaper so much and don't look at the TV and don't look at those push notifications. And I think your, your example of the Puerto Rico situation is absolutely on point because, because what's going on down there, there's so much real news going on and nothing's getting covered. Everybody's it's getting pushed off their front pages because of you know, Giuliani or whatever the story of the hour is. Yeah, I want to say a little bit more about media, but but also, Hunter, I want to um, emphasize a point that you're making, because this is another thing that has occurred to me, is that those of us who are addicted to new developments in this story, so to speak, I think the Mueller investigation, I mean, I don't know how it's going to turn out. I, I'm kind of closer to Hunter uh, in thinking that it, it may bring a lot of things to light without producing an actual result. I mean, I, mean, I, I think the way that probably Trump is going to leave office is that he's not going to get reelected. But but who knows? I mean, any, anything could happen. But I, I feel like for a lot of us, you know, the Mueller investigation is like we're playing Candyland and we just need to roll. You use Dyson Candyland? Do you? Yes, you do. No, she's, yes, yeah, she thinks so. Yeah, we need to roll the right number. No, Carla says no. Okay, Parcheesi, Parcheesi. Candyland was going to be better, but okay. So we're playing Parcheesi, and if we just roll the right things, you know, if we if the right dice combinations come up, you know, we're going to get home. We're going to get to Parcheesi land, <laughs> wherever it is you try to get. You know, I know where you try to get. I've played Parcheesi. So um, there's like a big conference going on in the two rooms about um, how to play Parcheesi, but. You know what I'm saying? It's like we're on the floor uh, rolling these dice, just waiting for our marker to get to its location. And that location is when Mueller 
manages somehow to indict the Trump family or Trump is impeached and stuff like that. And what we don't understand is we might be stuck on this board for a really, really long time. You know, we might roll three doubles and have to go back to the beginning or like a lot of things might happen. I wish I, I wish I knew the rules to, to board games better so I could really hammer home this analogy. But you see what I'm saying, that we really may not be making as much pro- progress around the board as we think that we are. Uh, and if we're setting our hearts on that and pinning our hopes to it, that can also be a real problem. Now, I want to say another thing based on what Hunter said about media, because this is something that here at the Colin McEnroe Show we we have figured out, we do now, which is sometimes you have to def- uh, change your definition of what media is. For a lot of people, media is, well, we hope, it, we hope it's NPR, first of all. <laughs> and NPR, I think, is pretty good because, I mean, you get the Trump stuff, but you get a lot of other stuff, and that's kind of our philosophy. Um, and it's the New York Times and it's, you know, maybe some aggregator you're using like Memorandum or, or it's Slate or it's this or it's that. What, it's whatever it is. And it's some podcast. And, and one thing that we've discovered is that we need to make a conscious effort to read outside that cycle. So I'm going to mention a few things that you might find interesting or useful. Uh, one of them, yeah, I mean, some of you will know about some of these and some of them you won't. But some of the things that we find useful and helpful as we start trying to think about ideas that you might find interesting. Um, probably the number one go-to place for us is a place whose name we still have not figured out how to pronounce, but it's either called Eon or Ion, or perhaps Aeon, <laughs> but it's spelled A-E-O-N. Anyway, it's a magazine online, and it, it's almost guaranteed that if we wait two weeks and look at it, we'll find a sh- new show to do. And, and if you go on it today and look at 20 articles, you'll find five that you'll find very interesting. Um, and they don't have anything to do with this Trump stuff. Um, another one is Nautilus, Nautilus, and I'm sort of saying it funny because it's actually, it's Nautil, N-A-U-T-I-L dot U-S. It's science-oriented, but not intimidatingly science-oriented. Um, uh, there's a new, new one, one that I've newly discovered called The Conversation. It's a site that I'm looking at, often dealing in academic stuff. Oh, Arts and Letters Daily, a great site to go to. They don't produce any of their own comment, you know, content. They're sort of an aggregator. They link out to really interesting stuff. But there's often two or three things at Arts and Letters Daily. N plus one is good. So we've got a whole list of kind of what we now consider to be essential media sources that are not about this stuff. They're about other interesting stuff in the world. They're about science and religion and philosophy and literature and the humanities and mathematics and they're like everything but this. And um, I actually have them in a bookmarked file called The New Essentials. And to me, they are The New Essentials because you really want to be looking at some other stuff uh, when you need to get away from the Trump addiction. So that's what we're talking about today is the Trump addiction and whether it makes sense to consciously go fishing with Bill, have your chakras realigned with Sue, or something done to your chi energy with Sue, or, you know, with any of the other, as any of the other people have been suggesting, you know, find some way to be sure that you're living the truest version of yourself, as opposed to a version of yourself that's constantly refracted through this insane Mad King situation that we live in. That's what we're talking about right now, except that we're not. We're going to take a break. We're going to see how that team. Are you guys ready for a break in there? This is the big break. The big break is coming. You ready? Okay. Carmen, are you ready? Don't screw it up.
Last night, I dreamed that my future baby was drifting down the sky on a tiny little parachute, and when I caught him and pulled his bonnet aside, he was a wolf boy with pointy ears and a big snout. I mention this not because of the obvious symbolic connection to my last name, but because people are so tired of hearing about Trump that they'll willingly listen to your really boring dreams. Today's show was produced by Betsy Kaplan and me, Kyone Wolf. Amanda Fish knows a few good eel jokes. The part of Bill Curry was played by Steve Tyler. On tomorrow's show, the puzzling rise of eSports. And now, back to Colin. We are back. We are talking today. I just want to sort of remind you of what we've been doing here on Mondays. We're going to do this for one more Monday. And then I'm actually going to be going away for a while to get some rest. I'm Actually, I'm going to Sue's house in Oxford, and I'm just going to float out there on Zor Lake for about 10 days until I start to feel better. <laughs> it does sound a little ominous when I say I'm going away for a while. Um, you know, I already have the guy who's worried about me. So I am going away for a while. So, um, But anyway, so we'll, we're going to do – we did it today. We're going to do it again next Monday, I think, and that's no guests. I just pick one grand theme. And then you guys call in and we talk. That's what we're doing. 860-275-7266. 860-275-7266. The question has sort of been, how do you make sure that this Trump stuff doesn't dominate your life? Are we turning into people who are addicted via push notifications and intense involvement with news media to a lot of stuff that ultimately we really can't do anything about and that's kind of discoloring uh, our our lives in an unpleasant way. We would like to welcome a man who does has no idea what we're talking about, Mike in Branford. Hi, Mike. Yeah, Mike Fidola, private uh, entrepreneur. The best thing that ever happened to us is Trump got in there. I thought the country was finished, and uh, I can't wait till he addresses the public unions, right? And so the nonprofit organizations which need to be. Uh, but but you know that that's not the tiny pieces. You know that's not the topic we're country. doing. You know that's not the topic we're doing. The topic we're doing is like how people deal with their Trump anxieties. Could you, as somebody who doesn't well, have I'm any Trump anxieties, with Trump anxiety? I'm talking to you. I'm getting it off my chest. Oh, okay, good. That's how I'm dealing with it. Do you feel but, better? Uh, I'm feeling good. Yeah. Right. How would you say your chi energy is right now? And like one to ten, ten's good chi. It's not one as is strong as Trump's. I tell you right now, this he has guy tremendous chi energy. Twenty-three hours a day. Yeah. All right. Uh, I got a little. All right. Are you going to go fishing today? And I have a lot more. Energy than uh, most public workers. I'll tell you that. All right. Well, that's something to be proud of. All right. So, I mean, you know, we got to take one of those calls every show. We got a lot of people calling in here. Um, so, where's the winner here on the board? Actually, I'm going to go to Ted. I think here's Ted in West Haven. Hi, Ted. You're on the air. Hi, Colin. How are you today? I am. I, uh, other than a certain numbness in my face, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm hearing you. The uh, how I cope with uh, with uh, the Trump. Trumposphere, or whatever we want to call that, is that I already know him to be a liar, therefore there's no point in bothering with anything he says. Mm -hmm. And also that deeds don't follow words. So uh, in his case, you can't warn anything by listening. Right. So So, have you found another range of things to think about instead? How do you occupy your time? Well, I, I... I occasionally watch TV. I also listen to the radio. I read books every night. Um, So there's there's a lot for me. I have kids, so Mm -hmm. there's a lot for me to do that doesn't involve Mr. Trump. My one observation about you, however, is that I, I really am sympathetic for all of you who are in media outlets because 
I can choose not to hear any of it, but you really can't. It's really part of your job to sift it all. Right. And, no, that's true. And and so, you know, your your depression around this is deeper than mine. Right. I think that's true. But I think my depression would be deeper than yours, even if there were no Trump. You just seem like a jaunty, jolly kind of person. All right. Our number, 860-275-7266, 860-275-7266. It is perhaps... Uh, important to stress that. So we're trying kind of not to talk about Trump, right? This is sort of the goal. And and as I was saying earlier today, I've been making some choices. You know, I've been listening to things like Start the Week on BBC, where they're talking about, you know, eternal questions and big themes and questions of art and all, all that kind of stuff, you know, and you really can make that choice. I, I think it's probably wrong to totally abdicate your responsibility as a citizen to pay attention to alarming things that are going on. You know, it's like Nicholas Kristof said uh, in his column this week. He was making this very same point. Um, And he said, you know, and we perpetuate that because, you know, you go to a cocktail party and it's like somebody starts talking about Trump and then nobody talks about anything else for the rest of the time. And and I, I think that's true. I've never been invited to a cocktail party, but I bet that does happen. Uh, and um, that's part of this problem, that we have to learn other things to talk about. Otherwise, we are living in a world that he has chosen for us as opposed to the world we choose for ourselves. All right. uh, I am going to go to – that wasn't even the point I was going to make, but I forgot the point I was going to make. Here's Carl in Colchester. Hi, Carl. Hey, how are you today? Just fine. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. So um, (laughs) for me, it's extremely hard to to, uh, step away – from the entire Trump catastrophe, but um, it for me it also goes a lot deeper and a lot further. This is, the environment was kind of made for him um, in that. Uh, I mean, really, you, you could go back to roughly 1998. Uh, a gentleman from Connecticut, uh, David Lunch, was hired um, by the GOP to change talking points by changing what words we associated with certain things. So we went from talking about um, great jobs to job creation. To, uh, to high quality, high paying jobs. To um, uh, I forget whatever term they're using now for that one. But <laughs> no, I know what um, you're talking about. The, the man that you're referring to, he would be very upset uh, yes. if he heard that you had called him David Luntz. He's Frank Luntz. Frank Luntz. Frank yeah. Luntz. Yes. Yep. Doctor Dr. Luntz's son. Um, thank you. <laughs> Although he may be happy that we're <laughs> that I messed it up. But uh, but uh, and then in later years uh, there was a shift and and. and GOP members will be mad at me, and, and but I'll, I'll put out there. There was a shift where they started using neuroassociative programming um, on on their uh, members, and which some year people say that you know your program, your program, and, and in fact uh, we all are to a degree. Um, and I use the example if I say snap crackle, you'll say cucumber pop. Yeah, <laughs> and I was just trying to screw you up. Yeah, and everybody has a different. Uh, response to it. So some people right. might just say pop. Some people have a deeper, uh, you know, deeper physical response, and they may actually, you know, visualize the milk being poured in the bowl and listen to it crackling and popping and, and can taste it. And, Start making you know, cow noises. Right. And, right. and to the same extent, the whole locker up was used the same way. So, you know, for somebody who's not programmed at all, if I said locker up, they'd go who? Right. And for Republicans, they have a different response to locker up than the Democrats do, it, it ended up going further, but it helped divide the nation, and it made made the, the pickings right for Trump to come in and, and use his kind of, of style in there. 
Okay, let's. I, I, on, I just on program Carl. Carl, I've got something. Started. Something just came to me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Are you ready? What we're gonna do? We've developed you and I together have developed an entire new genre of humor. Okay, yeah. and it's called locker up jokes. And so um, I'm gonna say locker up. You're gonna say who? Okay. Yep. Okay. Ready? Locker up. Who? Jamaica. <laughs> you have to say Jamaica. Who? Yeah, Jamaica, so Jamaica, Jamaica me crazy, Carl. You're Jamaica me crazy. <laughs> See, we got we got locker up jokes. Uh, if nothing else comes out of there, Carlos is shaking his head. <laughs> Carlos is saying, I went to work in public radio so I could be on this show. I could work on this show. Uh, all right. <laughs> this wasn't what people told me about public radio. Uh, here's uh, Gideon. We, we've got Ruth and Laura. We're going to try to get to as many people as we can. We're running out of time here. So everybody be succinct. Uh, hi, Gideon. You're on the air. Hey, Colin, two things. First of all, if you're not furious and paying attention to everything that comes out of Trump's mouth and you're instead fishing or trying to ignore it or uh, focusing on your chi, you're doing your country a disservice. This is a participatory democracy where every citizen has a duty and a responsibility, not just um, an interest, but a responsibility to be paying attention. And if it's getting too hectic, or if it gets too much, or, and I wouldn't call it an addiction. It's more like a fascination maybe with Trump. But um, if you, even if, that, if that's too much, instead of fishing, why don't you join a local town committee? Um, that's one thing. Right. Another, another thing is he, he is doing lasting damage. He, he got oh, yeah. people on the Supreme Court. Yep. He's deregulating the EPA. He's letting people dump coal into rivers. I mean, he's doing damage already. That's lasting. I, I totally agree with that, Gideon. I will say one thing about this. If you're in a state of constant furiousness, though, you've basically turned your blood pressure over to this man whom you already don't like. Um, and, and I do feel there's a happy medium. There is some place in between these things where you are fully conscious and cognizant of the trouble that your country is in right now, but you also have some capacity to, to turn away from it when you need to. I, I keep wondering, like, you know, when Mussolini was rising to power. Was he like all anybody talked about in Italy? Like all the time? Did they just talk about? Maybe they did. Maybe that's all they talked about was Mussolini. I have no idea. I wasn't there. But it's sort of that kind of thing. And I mean, during the French Revolution, they probably talked about the French Revolution a lot. But knowing the French, they also probably knew like, you know, where to get some really good macaroons or something, you know, during the breaks is what I'm saying. All right. Uh, so somebody is probably going to get a chance to wrap this show up, and it should be a woman because we haven't had a woman on in a little while, and maybe it's going to be Tara on her cell phone. Hi, Tara. You're on the air. Hey, Can you hear me? Yes, but I want you to be driving with the utmost caution. I am. Okay. I have both hands on the wheel. Okay. So I agree. I agree with you that there is. we are all getting a lot of stressful negative news that it makes us all feel very, very uncomfortable. Um, and I, but I also believe that there is, as some people believe, there's trickle-down economics. I also believe there's trickle-down politics. The national news is hard to digest and wrap your arms around, but your local news and your state news are maybe less stressful, and those are things that you can learn about, mm -hmm. and then work toward changing. And so my, my, the actions that I take as opposed to watching the news that make me feel better is actually doing something like volunteering or going to the Capitol and, you know, lobbying for paid family leave 
or when I say lobby, I mean as a citizen. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, or writing letters to your local uh, selectman or mayor about things that are important to you. And I, you know, I really, you know, I really urge people to, you know, pay attention to their local and state politics as well as their national. I think it's but, a great it's a great point because you can't. I mean, there's a limit to what you can ever do about Donald Trump as a, as a person, as a group of 10 people. If your name isn't Bob Mueller, there probably isn't that much you, that you can really do other than just kind of stay aware of it all. But you can have an enormous impact. There are elections. I mean, I've been covering state politics since Ella Grasso. And I can tell you there will be elections in this cycle that are decided by handfuls of votes, you know, where if you change 20 votes, change 30 votes, you actually do make a difference. So, yeah, if you feel if if one of the one if one of the side effects of Trumpism is a feeling of helplessness, what you're describing, Tara, is a great uh, corrective. You have 30 seconds. You're going to end the show. I want you to do it with a, with some kind of beauty that sends people off in a very sort of Keatsian rapture. OK, you now have 23 Absolutely. seconds. Absolutely. I, I actually have deep optimism for the future of our country. And I think it really lies in the hands of people who are willing to uh, to do a little, because that collective work is really what's going to move the country forward and move it in in a way that's going to be good for everyone. All right, that was. Uh a little bit more hard crane than Keats, but we, we can live with that. Uh, we'd like to thank everybody who either participated in this show or at least stood still for it. Uh, and uh, the big team there in the room there and Carmen Baskov just running that board like a boss, like a boss in there. <laughs> and thanks to everybody else, too. We have a big team here. Carlos and uh, Betsy Kaplan, Wolfie, Gene Amatruda. I think Lulu Garcia Navarro helped out a little bit, too. I'm not really sure. 